Better let somebody love you before it's too late. That's a powerful sentence, isn't it? So what stops us? What is the thing that stops us from letting somebody love us? Fear. We might get our heart hurt. How many of you think that you've learned in your lifetime how to let somebody love you? Ah, good. How many of you are still working on that? <laughs> how many of you think you've learned it and you're still working on it? <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So this topic of self-worth ties very well into that sentence, this worthiness thing that we have. Are we worthy of love? Are we worthy of receiving, really receiving someone else's heart? Can we really love ourselves? And it may seem that the topic of Earth Day and the topic of self-worth are really far apart, but I propose to you that they're closer together than your breath is to you. That how we live on this planet has an awful lot to do with our ability to be in self-worth. So when we went into that moment of silence, and I asked you to just check in on how things felt, anybody want to share what they felt when they were checking in on the planet, Bertie? A sense of support, good. Flow. A screaming of animals and trees. Anger. Appreciation for the beauty of the planet. I'm repeating this because if somebody listens to this recording afterward, they, they can't hear you. Jean? Interesting. Consensus and nurturing. Good. Very powerful feeling of love in the room. Sense of love in the room. Yeah, I, you know what I sensed is, and I, I feel this often, is a, a, um, almost like a magnetic, like the mag, I can feel the magnetic pull. I can feel myself pulled down, which I can interpret as support. But as a parent, I also know something else. I know that as children start to go away, our natural tendency when something we love is moving away from us is to try and pull it back. And it really makes me wonder how we are moving away from the planet and how much effort there is to bring us back into the flock. You know, come back. You're still one with everything. I was reading an article this week about how far apart we have come that we rarely walk barefoot on the planet anymore. And what I was reading was a, a recap of a study on Chinese medicine. And what was being taught was that in Chinese medicine, it's very well known that there's a value to walking barefoot on the earth, that you walk barefoot on the earth because the earth emits electrons. And our bodies absorb those electrons. And we need that because it's, it, it's different than the normal charge of our body. What I didn't know is those electrons combat inflammation, which we're finding more and more about. And we're learning more and more how 
inflammation in our body from all the chemicals and things that we're exposed to um, and, and the way we live our lives, that inflammation causes a lot of really, uh, really causes a lot of damage to the body. So interesting to learn that something so easy as walking barefoot would make such a huge difference, could make a very powerful difference for us. And what was, what was equally interesting to me was learning that even though we may walk on the earth a lot, we put insulating materials between us and the earth. That what is different from now and the days of our ancestors is they walked in leather shoes and we walk in rubber shoes. And that rubber does not allow that energy of the earth to come through. So there was a recommendation in the article that we consider that, that we consider both our barefoot walk and what we walk in regularly and how it stops us from connecting with the planet. And, and all of this, this sense of separateness, comes back to what I was reading to you in Mike McCroy's article about the great loneliness that we feel on the planet. There is a line in the song, Sandy, about um, your greatest prison is... Walking through, yeah. Your prison is walking through this world all alone, right? So how is it possible when we are one with everything for us to be walking through this world all alone? Well, if we're not even connected to the very thing that supports our every step, it's not a big surprise, is it? Shouldn't that be the very foundation of how we connect? It's the thing we have in common, right? We're all on the same planet. We're all walking in the same place. So when Earth Day comes around, we have a tendency to vilify people, to decide who's doing what wrong and you know, who dumped their trash in the ocean and who's stealing the water and, and you know, what's happening with our air. We, we tend to look at all of those things and maybe consider whether we want to recycle, whether we can, can ta- um, tailor back our consumerism, that kind of thing. But it's my opinion, and mine is not, and, and not my sole opinion, that all of that is superficial to what is most important, which is that we come back and recognize that we share this planet and we are one with everything here that the level of interconnection that we have pervades everything. And that if we can reconnect, if we can come back to knowing that we're one with everything, the way we live on the planet will happen differently by nature. So one of the things that I want to suggest to you is that you consider how you respond to someone else. Because in this case, your someone else could be a tree or a rock or a rabbit. Could be anything. But the, the first thing that we have to relate to is how we interact with one another. If someone has a problem and they come to you, you can do really two things. Any idea what those two things are? You can listen. Or you can try and fix, right? We, we very often try and fix. We give advice. We talk or we listen. So when it comes to the planet and we come to a day like Earth Day, we want to talk when we need to listen. 
it's time for us to come back to a place where we give awareness to connecting to the planet, where we actually take the time to reconnect because we are part of all of that. There's a, there's a belief system that we have dominion over it, and there's a belief system that we have stewardship, stewardship of it, and the truth is we just are it. We are it. And if we could learn to be it and not try and control it, we would live differently. So when you listen to someone, you can listen in a couple of different ways. You can listen in sympathy. Oh, poor baby. Poor baby. I'm so sorry that's happening to you. Doesn't help very much, but you can. You can listen in empathy. Empathy says, oh, I've been there too. I know exactly what that feels like. That's empathy. Or you can listen with compassion. Compassion says, I can be present to what you're feeling. And I can hold myself here so that I can look at it and be objective in my response to you. And our earth needs our objectivity right now. We get very tied up and pulled in lots of different directions by lots of different voices who have an opinion. But we, as humanity, need to be compassionate, not only with nature, but with ourselves. Because the state of being human is not a state of perfection. The state of being human is to be imperfect. As humans, we are going to make mistakes and we're going to learn. That's how we do things. It's the very core of who we are. It is the perfection of who we are, that we are imperfect and constantly learning and evolving. And so we choose to look at ourselves as humanity and decide how to vilify ourselves for everything that's happening on the planet. We vilify every company. We vilify the corporate world. We vilify the hunters. We vilify our neighbors who don't recycle. Rather than coming to compassion with our own learning. This is a time for us to learn. So where in your relationship with nature, with the earth, are you imperfect? Where are you out of touch? Maybe it's just not walking barefoot anymore. Maybe it's letting everything else be more important than making time to come into contact with this place we call home. How would your house be if you lived in your house like you live with the earth? How would it be? This is our home, and it needs our attention. And we begin giving it attention by giving it love in the same way that we begin giving each other attention by loving each other enough to listen, by loving each other enough to forgive, by loving each other enough to heal, to be in compassion. When we begin to have that relationship with our planet, the things that we're concerned about will begin to dissolve. Do you get it? Do you get why this has something to do with our own self-worth? Because there isn't something different 
between the deer or the tree or the bunny or the whatever it is, the ocean, than us. We are the same thing. At the, at the smallest energetic level, we are the same field of energy. We know this from science. Everything that we see that is nature is emerging from the same field of energy. The ocean is us, the trees are us, the deers are us, the rabbits are us, our children are us. All of it is us. All of it is the one field we are, the one core divinity. So this week, while you're moving into all the stories of Earth Day that will come up, I want to invite you to be aware of how you greet these stories. I want you to pay attention to how many of them vilify and how many of them actually connect you to something. I want you to look in your lives at where you connect to life, where you make time to notice the beauty around you, where you make time to care for what is around you, and how it affects you when you care, how that changes things. And when you take the time, and it can be five minutes, when you take the time to walk barefoot this week on the planet somewhere, even if it's cold. (laughs) When you take the time to walk barefoot, walk as though every step that you take is a healing step for you and for the planet. That every step that you place on the ground is an exchange of energy that reconnects us and resolves our sense of loneliness and that the only thing you have to do is simply be who you are. I have some quotes for you. Myrtle Fillmore said, I was almost accused of being a nature worshiper when I was a little girl, and I've always loved what I see in nature, as well as in all artists who are so close to the beauty side of God. Nature is surely the glorified face of good. See the beauty about you, And you see the manifestation of the infinite mind. John Muir said, when one tugs at a single thing in nature, he finds it attached to the rest of the world. Bill Vaughn said, suburbia is where the developer bulldozes out the trees, then names the streets after them. (laughs) That's sadly true, isn't it? Thomas Alva Edison said, until a man duplicates a blade of grass, nature can laugh at his so-called scientific knowledge. (laughs) Remedies from chemicals will never stand in favorable comparison with the products of nature, the living cell of a plant, the final results of the rays of the sun, the mother of all life. Stephen Hawking said, I believe alien life is quite common in the universe, although intelligent life is less so. (laughs) Some say it has yet to appear on planet Earth. (laughs) And Wendell Berry said, the Earth is what we have in common. 